All right, it was, it was a really fun week, and it was awesome. The kids had a good, good time. Um, I wanted to, a couple of things I wanted to share. First of all, I wanted to just, the people who were not here, explain briefly what we did this weekend, because it really was a good time. The kids were able to engage and, and really hear from the Lord on some things. And this is David Walters. David, could you stand up? Okay, he's, he has a wonderful anointing with kids. And uh, we were really happy to have him come, and... Kathy came as well, and she did some workshops back here while the, the kids were doing workshops here. Okay, and then uh, we had Valerie Ellis. Who's over here? Could you stand up? This is Valerie. And she, she's really like a guest speaker that came with David to help with the workshops. Okay, so what, what David was teaching about, he's teaching about real supernatural salvation. It was a really good message for the kids because he was teaching that it was just more than you walk up. It's more than an altar call. Salvation is more than an altar call. You get up. And you say something, you say the right answers, and then you're saved. It's a lot more than that. And that's what he was teaching the kids, where it's, it's a relationship, it's real. You are a changed new creation when you get saved. That's what salvation is. So he was teaching them how you can get saved other ways other than just walking up at an altar call. Okay? And then uh, baptism of the Holy Spirit, a good time of, of just really receiving gifts, Holy Spirit gifts up here for the kids. And really, this, he really helped bring a, an atmosphere here for that to happen. It was a wonderful time. And then I'm not, you can probably ask the adults here. I'm not sure what Kathy taught, but I'm sure they can tell you. And I'm sure it was a blast. Okay, and I also wanted to thank uh, Sharon and Keith. Are they still out there, David? There they are. Sharon was really, really uh, um, gracious with, with her money and her purse. She tried to give it to a restaurant on her way up here. <laughs> she had to go back. And so it was a hard time for them to get here, so we're glad they made it with all this stuff. Okay. All right, and now uh, what we're going to do is I, I have a, just a real short message that I wanted to share before uh, Valerie and David come up. Um, one thing is, you know, the reason I wanted to have this weekend with the kids and have the Walters come and do a Muddy Young Warriors weekend is that, you know, to me it's, it's, uh, it's real the passion for the, all the family working together as one in the kingdom. And we're living in a time and age where the whole family really has to work together as a team. And we cannot leave the kids out because they're really anointed. They have the same Holy Spirit we do. And, and you know, God can really use them. And if we're all working together as a family, you know, it's a unit. That it's, a, it's a strong unit that the enemy has a hard time coming against. And when we're all, we're, we're all falling apart and we're a broken family, the enemy can get in there and grab on things. So... Us, you know, working together even as a church, you know, it's important to have the kids in here with the adults all ministering together. And we have the prayer ministry team up here. The kids come up with them because they are part of the prayer ministry team. There are no less value, okay? Um, and it is important that you parents, you know, have that vision for your own kids because each one of you are priests of your home, okay? And you guys can be pastoring your own children at home it's not a church thing. It's not just a church thing. That's your job as parents to really pass to your kids. And I need to do a better job of that myself. You know, you've got to press in and fight because it's a battle. The enemy wants to take that away from you. Take that authority away is what he wants to do. Okay, and then there's two plans. I'm speaking to the kids now. Okay, all you kids listening? All right. The enemy has a plan for your life and God has a plan for your life. Okay, there's two plans going on here. Okay, the enemy's plan is... Destruction, uh, let's see, depression, death, anything really nasty. That's his plan for you, okay? But God has a plan, and that's in this, a lot of you know the scripture, Jeremiah 20, 29, 1. 
For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not harm you. Plans to give you a hope in the future. So, you got two plans. A hope in the future or destruction and death. So which one do you want, guys? That's a good choice, I think. Aren't you? Okay, so... You know, with that choice, what you're doing is you're choosing the Lord to be, to be ruler and king over your life. Of all that you do, and you've got to put him first. You put him first... Okay, and then all these blessings are going to come to you because you're following the Lord. And the other thing that I was really getting, that I, that I wanted to share with you guys is that song we were singing all weekend, Hey, Jesus Loves Me. It's, it's really a simple message, but it's, it's the whole entire gospel. That Jesus loves you guys. Okay? And there's nothing that can separate that love that he has for you. There's nothing. And, and see, the thing is, I'm going to stay on track here. Okay, is that there's a thing in, in religion, and it's, it's this thing where the church wants to say, okay, you have to work really hard to have a relationship with the Lord. You have to do all these things, and then you can have a relationship with the Lord. Okay, that's really, it's so backwards. It's so backwards, because you can't do any of those things unless you have a relationship with the Lord. So you need the Lord first in your life. Then all those good works he wants you to do are going to come out naturally. Naturally. And that's the way it's supposed to be. Because all these things, you know, if you want to love your neighbor and love God, it's not going to happen without Christ in you. It's not going to happen. I've tried it. And, you know, it's, uh, I'm, I'm sharing this with you guys because I'm 44. It's taken me a long time to get this. Okay? You guys can get this now where you don't have to go through all this baggage of, of works and heaviness to get to the Lord. Okay, it's an easy, wonderful thing because God loves you no matter what. He loves, he loves you where you are. He loves how you are and who you are. And he has a plan and a hope for you guys. So you need to remember that. That the benefit of going after the Lord with all that you have is that he's really, he's really just going to bless you with everything. And you, you're not going to have this hard life because when you're a Christian, you're supposed to be happy, you know, you're supposed to tell your face that you're a Christian, you know, that you're, you're, you want to share it, and these are just come out of you, and, and needs to be contagious around you, so it helps you have a, a, a good testimony for the Lord, really, but that's the main thing, is that for all these things that the Lord wants you to do, okay, it's Christ living in you and through you, it's the only way you're going to be able to do those things, God, because you'll get frustrated if you're trying to do it yourself, because my flesh does not want to love my neighbor, Really, I mean, it's, it's, sometimes it's an effort. But Christ in me wants to really love that neighbor, wants to mow his lawn for nothing and help him out, you know, that kind of thing. So that's all I really, I just wanted to share that thing. I want to appreciate you uh, having me come for this weekend, and uh, we've had a good time. And um, it's a funny thing, I remember uh, doing a, a uh, camp one time, it was called Children... Kids of Flame, no, Children of Flame Camp in Bradenton, and we had about 600 children came to this um, event. And um, we had some tremendous things happen. In fact, it was quite miraculous that what happened. Uh, the first night, the Lord gave me a, a word to preach on lost preachers' kids. Not lost preachers, but lost preachers' kids. And um, it blew the sort of um, leader of, the, of that, I mean, he was there, if I remember right. Yes, he was there. I can't remember his name now. In Bradenton, do you know the Bradenton? Are you familiar with Bradenton? 
the um, place there, the big place there. Anyway, and uh, there were several there were several children there that were part of um, the. Uh, some of them were well known. I won't even mention their names because it'd be embarrassing because they were children of, of well known speakers, and they had to come. They came forward to to get a real experience of salvation. Some of them were, you know, like like we had said earlier, they knew all the right answers and they'd gone through it, but somehow it had not really been real for them. And there were several things that happened. Uh, this particular auditorium is quite large and it has a cross right across the ceiling which, which illuminates. And there, there was, uh, I remember being there and we noticed that there was a lot of kids at the back that were not saved and they were goofing around. Everybody knows that backsliders always sit at the back. That doesn't mean that you're sitting in the back this morning, you're a backslider, but I guarantee that if a backslider comes into church, they're going to be at the back. Um, and there's a lot of goofing around going on at the back. Well, there, there suddenly came one of those big thunderstorms and all the power went out. And so the microphones were not um, on and all the lights went out. It was dark in there. And um, they really didn't know what to do, you know, and then some of the kids at the front began to sing, began to worship, and they sang, because you know there was no there was no microphones or anything, and this lasted about thirty minutes, and as they began to sing from the front and it began to grow down, suddenly the the cross illuminated, but the power wasn't on. Now in the natural, it was impossible for that cross to light up without the power being on. And when that cross illuminated, but there was still no power or anything, just that cross, and that, that stayed on like that for about 20 minutes, there were kids falling on their faces, like repenting, saying, I believe there is a God, I believe there is a God, I believe it's... I mean, the miracle just blew them away. And then about 25 minutes later, all the power came back on. But it was impossible for that cross to, to light up on its own, but it did. So God supernaturally uh, came down and did something pretty powerful for that uh, particular event. So anyway, I want to ask, uh, 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 is there anybody here that's not met me before? Never met me before today? Can I see your hands, please? Never met me before today? Okay. I'm so glad you got to meet me at last. My name is David Walters. I'm from Macon, Georgia. And if you've ever been to Macon, Georgia, you know we have a different accent than you people that come from North Carolina. And maybe I should rephrase that. I'm from Macon, Georgia. But Kathy and I are originally from England, and we moved to the States in 1976, completed our, our move in 77, so we've been here pretty much 32 years. And uh, we w we've been in different places. We lived in... Florida for a number of years and then we were in Virginia for a couple of years and then we were in um, we've been in Georgia about 16 to 17, I'm not sure, 17 years something like that but we've been here a long time and we still haven't lost our English accents completely I mean I could speak like really really English, you know, hello I'm all the way from England, isn't that smashing? Jolly good so we have a sort of, sort of transatlantic accent but it's a wonderful to be an Englishman um, although I don't even think about myself as an Englishman anymore I think of myself as a Christian who happened to be planted in England 
at the time and now been replanted in America but you know it's wonderful because when you have an English accent you can preach heresy and nobody cares as long as you say it with that English accent I'm just teasing you don't don't record that it get me in trouble but um we're going to have a special meeting this uh, this this morning. I'm going to say this afternoon. It'll probably go on till about three or four. No, it won't. Uh, I know most preachers preach the everlasting gospel, <laughs> but I will promise I'll finish before you get to go home. So <coughs> don't worry too much. Um, Pastor Tony, when he stood up and gave his uh, short address to you this morning not short dress but short address um, I'm being silly now um, he actually said some of the things that I wanted to share with you um, as I began to hear the, the things that are happening in this local church here how many of you here from this local church okay, how many of you here from out, out of town or from other churches Okay, so th- these guys have, have been here, for, I think, mainly for the for the conference. All right, now there's obviously a lot of great things happening in this church, and we've been to this church several times, and we think we think it's an exciting place, and it's a great church. But I, I want to re-emphasize what what Pastor Tony said that the church is more than what is happening uh, in this building and what the elders and the leaders are planning. Um, I was listening to how you know you've got the youth ministry the people that are in charge of the youth ministry you've got the people that are in charge of the of the children's ministry and you've got all the other ministries in the church and it's, it's great and it's all exciting but you see it's more than that it really is more than that because the danger is this that there are many people when they look for a church and especially if they have a family if they have children or youth they're looking to find out what the church can do for their kids which is fine I mean you do want the church to do things for your kids but I want to tell you something here that from a biblical perspective that is only an addition it is not the main menu do you understand what I'm saying that is not really what it's about what the church can do for you what, what the, 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 the ministers can do for you as far as children's pre- teachers or pastors and youth pastors and this kind of thing this is only, only an addition to help you not to replace your responsibility as a parent or a grandparent because your responsibility as a, as a Christian parent is not to make sure not only to make sure that you can find a good church where your children will be taken care of or your youth will be taken care of and given uh, free child care or what what we would call um, some spiritual input for their lives so that all you have to do is to make sure you get them there. And Sunday is enough. As long as I can get my kid uh, into children's church on Sunday uh, or my youth you know my teenagers to the, to the youth meeting 
then that's my job. I mean, I've done, I'm a good parent. I've made, I've made, you know, I've made sure that they get there in the same way as you make sure your child goes to school. I mean, you make sure uh, that you get your kid to school, whether it's a government school or a private school or a home school. You have a responsibility to make sure your child goes to school. But unlike the church, if you have to take your child to school or make sure your child goes to school, the law says they have to go to school basically five days a week and about six hours a day. Is that true? They don't just go uh, one time a week for a couple of hours. If your child went to school for two hours a week, would they get an education? No, obviously not. If you want your child to succeed in the marketplace and make it, then you have to make sure your child is going to get an education. Then you can make sure they have to go to school at least five days a week and six hours a day. That's 30 hours a week. And then when they get home, they have to do homework oh my goodness me now what is the most important thing is the most important thing for your child that they get an education and they make it in the marketplace and they have a successful life and make money and be able to do things or is it more important that they know God Now there shouldn't be a division between the two. But you see, if we put a lot of energy and fulfill the, the obligations to make sure our children get a good education, but all we do as far as their spiritual development is, is to drop them off into children's church and that's about it. And when they go home there's no follow-up. Then no matter how anointed the people are and how good they teach your children is they're going to be fighting a losing battle because what's put into them at the weekend is going to dissipate during the week unless there's something going on at home see the, the, the success of a church does not depend on how many people you can cram into this building on a Sunday morning and how good the worship is. There's nothing wrong with that, that's great, but that does, that does not show the success of a church. The, what, the success of a church is shown by how strong the families are and how strong the homes are. If the homes are in a mess and the families are in a mess and the homes are a spiritual pigsty, then no matter how much we jump up and down and praise God on Sunday morning, it doesn't mean very much. But if the if the if and also obviously that if 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 the homes are powerful and strong and God is moving in the lives of our homes, when we come together we'll be full of testimonies about what the Lord has done. We will not come to church on Sunday morning with dirty diapers on asking pastor to wash us clean, change our diapers and send us back home again. So next week we can come back with dirty diapers again 
to be cleaned up. Now I know that doesn't happen here. I'm just telling you about that other church down the road. But I don't know. I used to be a pastor. I don't like past pastoral ministry. I don't have the patience for it, you know. But I used to be when I was a senior pastor, so I know I know exactly what you have to do. But I tell you what, I don't like changing diapers. It's a stinky job. Especially when adults are wearing them. I mean, come on, it's worse than babies. So I don't like people, you know, spiritual spiritual diaper changing. I think we need to go beyond that. They may happen in the beginning when they're babies, you know, happen. But you know, when we have people that are maturing and we're beginning to get it together, and their families are getting it together, when you come together, I mean, I've seen. We used to have meetings back in revival days is that we didn't even have to wait for the worship team to get us going. We'd come in. We'd have people come into the meeting and they couldn't get in the door. They'd fall out in the doorway. There'd be bodies all over the place. You have to step over the bodies and the meeting would be, would be an explosion. And the time the, 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 the musicians got here, or the, the worship leaders, the whole place was in, was, was, was in high praise and worship. People would just spontaneously start to sing and praise God. It would just be exploding, and it would it would go into the homes, and people would go to the homes. I mean, every Sunday morning, the first thing people would say is, you know, they had a, several homes, and they would say, uh, now, who, how many visitors we have here? And there'd be maybe twenty, thirty, or forty visitors, and they'd say, okay, um, we want we, we want to tell you, we want to show you what our church is really like. You you've seen our Sunday morning meeting, but that's not what our church is. So we want to invite you to our home. And we're going to take six people in our home for lunch, six people. Because back in those days, we didn't go out to eat, you know. Back in England, you didn't go out to eat back then. You, I mean, very seldom. You went home for Sunday lunch and they cooked a roast. And they would always make sure when they cooked the roast on Sunday morning, they would make enough food for at least six other people. So we'd have about eight, maybe six or eight homes that would take about six people each so about those 40 visitors would be taken back to lunch and they would see how people worship God at home I mean sometimes you'd sit there for lunch and they start the anointing would fall upon them and they'd start worshipping God over the, over the lunch before we actually serve the lunch and by the time you got the lunch it was cold you know because they got lost in the spirit but I mean that was um, that was an emphasis on, on, the, on the family so you know, I'm saying this to 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 try to break through this mentality that as long as I can get my kid to church for one day a week for an hour or so, they're going to be fine. No, they're not going to be fine. No sleeping. Thank you. Not allowed to sleep when I'm preaching. My goodness me. How dare you fall asleep? No talking. No playing with toys or games. No goofing off. No crying, griping or whining. No running in and out to the bathroom every five minutes. Not allowed. <laughs> My grandsons are saying... All right, they want me to say this. If you have to go to the bathroom 
if it's really an emergency we will know because your face will turn green and you'll walk funny and if we see anybody breaking the rules yes 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 we'll call for a big fat ten ton angel to drop down from heaven and squash you so if you don't want to be squashed by an angel now you know I do a lot of rules when I'm, when I'm listening to children because I found that actually kids respond to rules you know it's interesting sometimes that people make up the rules as they go along they bring the children to church and the children starts to fidget or something that's why people like children's church and youth church because you don't have to bother with your kids oh I'm going to get some freedom I can, I can worship God without bothering with my little you know I can send them off and they have to bed it's like free child I want to tell you the church is not in the child care business we're in the equipping business we're equipping the saints we're not babysitting you we're not offering you free babysitting or free child care we're here to equip the saints and that's the little saints as well as the big saints so they can begin to do the work of the ministry So we like the idea of that. But you see, when you take your child to church, the first thing you want to say is, where are we going today? Are we going to Disney World? No. Are we going to a playground? No. Are we going to a racetrack? No. Are we going to a swing park? No. We're going to church. That way you prepare them what is expected of you because otherwise if you don't you're trying to control them where they're going wah and they see this big place and they want to run around and jump up and down and do their stuff or chalk or you do their thing see it's not enough to bring your child to church so they can do their thing you bring them to church so they can do God's thing are you with me? but we have to train our children we don't just raise them we train them that's why Proverbs 22.6 says this train up a child in the way he should go not the way he necessarily wants to go or the way maybe some of his friends may want him to go or the way that our decadent society or the media wants him to go but the way he wants to go which is God's way and then when he is ready to leave home then the Bible says old in the King James which is not a very good translation because you get the picture of an old man with a white beard it's when the child has is ready become the age of 18 or so they will not depart from it so that's our response God's not going to train up our children he's given us the job to do it that's why Pastor Tony said that every one of you mums and dads should listen should pastor your own children well we don't need to pastor I don't, I'm not a pastor we've got a children's pastor that does that uh, uh, uh. you are supposed to pastor your own child why wait why wait for an evangelist to come into town before you can get your child saved you should be able to get them saved and filled with the Holy Ghost huh why would a child be coming be, be, be coming to church and, and, and you've been bringing them to church for, for three months and they still haven't been baptized in the Holy Ghost you say well they haven't baptized them in the Holy Ghost well why don't you then well I don't know how to do it well if you don't know how to do it it's our fault because we have not yet learned how to train children to train their train, sorry train parents to train up their children not only to train your children to be good and to obey but to train them to be spiritual and to move in supernatural anointing but 
if you don't know and I don't know how to move in supernatural anointing ourselves, how can we expect our children to? We have to be an example. We have to be the ones that mentor them. I mean, I watch a lot of the media, the news and things like that because I have to know what's, you know, figure out what's going on. I, I watch, sometimes I watch Bill O'Reilly and Bill O'Reilly's written books about children. He's always on about children being abused and, and, and so on and so forth. And the, the funny thing that Bill O'Reilly does, which, which to me is, is absolutely stupid, he says, I want to protect children. Now, what adults do, I couldn't care less. If they want to watch pornography, if they want to, you know, two guys want to, you know, get married or whatever, that's their business. I'm not worried about that. I'm just concerned about the children, protecting the children. Well, how do you protect the children if, if you don't have adults that have got it together? Because what the adults do, the kids will want to do. And you can't say to the kids, well, you can't, you can't live like a pig like me because you're not old enough yet. But when you reach 18, then you can behave like a pig, like me. But in the meantime, you can't. They say, well, I want to behave like a pig now. But you're not old enough. You can't. And that's the kind of message that goes across with so many people. Paul said, follow me. Oh, don't look at me. Don't follow me. Look to Jesus. Paul said, follow me as I follow the Lord. Where are people going to see Jesus if they can't see Jesus in you and me? Huh? Well, how are they going to find you if they can't see Jesus in the church? See, they've got to see, they've got to, the, people don't read their Bible, but they do read their Christian. I mean, where are, you say, well, you know, it's the Bible, it's the Bible. It's, no, it's not the Bible, it's just a dead book. It won't do anything if it stays in the book. It's got to get out of the book and into you and me. People are not saved by, by, by a book. You don't, you don't destroy Satan with a book. The word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword. Listen, the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. The letter in there has to come out of there and get into you and me so it becomes life. So people will read their Christian. They've got to see something of the Lord in you and me and our children to be attracted to what we have because if we just, oh, I tell you what, you want to come to our church and we have the book, we have the Bible. And you, you, no, thank you very much. You know there are churches like that. They come to church looking miserable and they come out looking more miserable. And they think, well, that's the way you're supposed to be. We're supposed to be happy. Jesus didn't say, I've come that you might have misery. I've come that you might have good, sound, religious doctrine. He said, I've come that you might have life. Resurrection life and that more abundantly. The joy of the Lord is your strength, not the misery. <laughs> So there's got to be something of the, of the joy, the glory and the, 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 the reality of God on us and on our children and on our children's children. The godly seed. 
to go and germinate all the way through. And if you've blown it and you've messed up, then repent and ask God to do the miracle of restoration because God is a God of restoration. If your children are out to lunch, as it were, if your kids or your grandkids are not serving God because you never trained them up right or you did it the religious way or whatever, then ask God to bring them back and begin to believe for that. But you see, we now, at this point in history, don't have to make the mistakes of what many of us did in the past because of wrong teaching. That's why Kathy, my wife, Kathy Walters, my wife, she says we need to break off those old religious mindsets that we had, you know, because you can teach children the rules and the regulations. You behave and you do this and God will get you if you don't and you've got to follow the rules. And like Pastor Tony, I think, said, you know, if you, you can't, you can't teach your children to obey and do the right thing if they don't have the power of the Spirit to begin with. They've got to be anointed, filled with the Holy Ghost and know God before they can really fulfill the rules. None of you can keep the rules. Come on, it's the ministry of death. It's the curse. Brings a curse upon us. That's what the Bible says in, in uh, Galatians. You know the story, I'm sure, in Galatians. It's, um, well, let me just, just get you there. Galatians 3. I think it is. I have a photographic memory. Sometimes I forget to put the film in. Uh-huh. Come on, everybody. Laugh, laugh, laugh. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Supposed to laugh when I say something funny. I was in a church one time in Atlanta, and it was a um, <laughs> it was a, a Korean church, and I had to have an interpreter. So I'm doing a, a seminar there, and I did two workshops, and we took a little break. And every time I said something funny, all the and my interpreter, you know, interpreted for me, all the Chinese, all the Korean people went ha 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 ha. So, this is absolutely true. So, <laughs> I, I said to the interpreter after we took, a, we took a little break, you know, we had a coffee break of the two sessions, and I said, now, do they understand my humor? He said, no. I said, well, how come they're laughing? He said, well, I say, preacher, told joke, everyone laugh. <laughs> That's absolutely true. <laughs> so they were, you know, Chinese people, Asian people, you know, Korean people are very compliant. You know, they'll, 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 they'll always do the, you know, what they're told. So they went, ha, 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 ha. All right, this is what I wanted to mention very quickly. Galatians 3 and chapter 10. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who does not continue in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. In other words, to put that into modern English, everyone who tries to keep the rules and the regulations by doing good works and trying to follow the principles are under the curse 
because cursed is everyone who does not continue to do all things which are written in the law not just some things but all things how many of you have done all things how many of you have done some things it's like you know if you get if you get pulled up for speeding and you get fined there's no good saying but I'm a good mother you know I've won an award for being a good mother or I've never stolen anything that's beside the point you broke the law because you exceeded the speed limit so those are you know but you, so you you know if you can't fulfill all the law then you have actually uh, you're under a curse for it is but no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident for the just shall live by faith and the law is not of faith but the one that does them shall live by them but Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law having become a curse for us for it is written cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree so Jesus was the one that came it's not you trying to keep the rules and regulations that put upon your children to make them comply to some kind of religious straitjacket it is realizing that we couldn't do it we failed that the law was given not so much to, for us to keep but to show us our impotency and our sinfulness that we were, were not able to keep them so we might what try harder no that we might fly to Christ who is the end of the law to them that believe Jesus took our failure and what did he do he replaced it. he gave us his blessing that the blessings of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles who believe and who are the blessings for? us be baptized and you shall, re you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the come on the promise is unto you and to your children hallelujah in the last days says God I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh not adult flesh only but kid flesh too and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy so here we are. That's that's what God has for our children. 